Because what is true of natural, of the natural seed, is typical of the spiritual seed. Okay? Revelation chapter 7, let's start with verse 1. Revelation 7 and verse 1. Last book in your Bible, the seventh chapter, verse 1. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, or from the rising of the sun. One translation has it. From the rising of the sun. Verse 2 again. And I saw another angel or messenger ascending from the east or from the rising of the sun or from the breaking of the day. Those are all important things. Having the seal of the living God. He cried with a loud voice to the four angels or four messengers to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed a hundred and forty-four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed twelve thousand, of the tribe of Reuben sealed twelve thousand, of the tribe of Gad sealed twelve thousand, of the tribe of Asher sealed 12,000 of the tribe Naphtali or Naphtalim here in this particular passage were sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Manasseh sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Simeon sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Levi sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Issachar sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Zebulun sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Joseph sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Benjamin sealed 12,000 Amen God is awesome. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you right now for your awesome presence. We ask your blessing to be upon your word today and the preaching of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. <clears throat> when you talk about the 12 tribes of Israel, you're talking about 12 literal tribes of Israel. We talked about that last week. Now we're going to talk about what they typify. Amen. <clears throat> we're going to be giving you some practical things. As we look at these tribes here, practical things, but they are profound things. Practical things, but profound things. Prophetic things and parabolic things, parable things, okay? Did y'all get that? Practical, profound, prophetic, and parabolic. Alright, so these tribes symbolize spiritually... The overcomer. Let's go to Revelation 21. I'm going to show it to you. I'm prove it to you. If I can. Revelation 21. Bible says in verse 7. He that overcometh shall inherit. Say overcometh. Shall inherit all things. I will be his God and he shall be my son. Okay. So we're talking about the overcomer here. Right. Verse 2 says, back up to verse 2. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So the city is the bride. And the bride is the city. 
Amen. Verse 3, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. So the tabernacle is a them. And they shall be his people. So again, here the city is likened to the bride, and then it talks about the tabernacle is his people. Okay? They shall, the Bible said, he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. All right, verse 7 tells us, The overcomer shall inherit all things. I will be his God. He shall be my, say with me, son. So you've got a lot of different things the Bible is using to depict his people. A bride, a tabernacle, or a temple. And then he calls them sons. So there's different levels of glorification in God. Different levels of how can I put this? Manifestation of the Lord. Do you understand that? Okay, let's go over here. It's still in Revelation 21, talking about these 144,000. The Bible tells us, let me get the verse here. Okay, in verse 12, the Bible says, We have a wall around that city. The wall is great and high. It had 12 gates. And at the gates, twelve angels. The names written thereon were the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Isn't that interesting? And then it talks about on the east, three gates. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. On the west, three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations. And in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. All right. Y'all with me up to that point? Okay. Verse 17. He measured the wall thereof 140 and 4 cubits. So the wall is connected with 144,000. So let me just show you what we're talking about here. When you talk about these 12 tribes of Israel then, they are literal tribes of Israel. In the ultimate sense, we see them in the book of Revelation, in the tribulation period. They are part of the church of the living God. But then when you look at them from a spiritual application, they represent the church. Okay, the Bible talks about the wall that's around the city, and it has 12 gates in the wall. Those gates are access to the city. They are access, and who is in the city? Who's in the midst of the city? The Lamb, the Lord, is in the midst of the city. So these gates, plural, not a gate singular, but gates, plural, give you access to the one who's in the city gives you access to the Lord and these gates each have one of the 12 tribes of Israel upon them which mean this that each one of these gates represent an experience that you have in Christ that gives you greater access to the lamb who sits upon the throne okay do you understand what I'm trying to show you here when you go to the book of Isaiah, go to Isaiah with me. Isaiah 43, verse 1. Isaiah 43, 1. The Bible says, But now thus saith the Lord that created the old Jacob. Have y'all caught up with me yet? <laughs> Sometimes when you're teaching or you're preaching, you, have a, you wonder if you're even communicating, if, you, if people are following you as you go through this. But... I'm just believing that you are, okay? 
And we're talking about the 12 tribes of Israel, correct? Okay, little tribes, but they are typical of the church. Chapter 4, 3, verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created the old Jacob. Say Jacob. Jacob, Jacob is the old creation. Jacob is the old man. Anybody can be a Jacob. Okay? And until you're born again, you are a Jacob. Jacob means a supplanter, a liar, a manipulator, a conniver, a cheater. Okay? So Jacob is anybody that's in the old creation, the old man. But the Bible says, and he that formed thee, O Israel. So he created Jacob, but he formed Israel. How did he form Israel? We're talking about the 12 tribes of Israel. How did he form Israel? Whenever Jacob was wrestling with God, or literally God was wrestling with Jacob in the book of Genesis, the angel of the Lord wrestled with Jacob. And he changed his name from Jacob to Israel. He got a new name. So he speaks of the new birth or a new creation man. Jacob speaks of the old creation man. Israel speaks of the new creation man who has been changed, who has got a new name. And the Bible says Jacob wrestled with the angel until when? The breaking of day. Just like this angel in Revelation 7 that comes forth from the east, he comes from the breaking of the day. He, he comes forth bringing a revelation of a new day. And so then Jacob here, Jacob was created, but Israel was formed, and he was formed by how? Discipline. He was changed when the angel wrestled with him, and he wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. And the Bible says that Jacob called the place that he wrestled with that angel, he called it Peniel, which means I have seen God face to face. Do you understand what we're even talking about this morning? So when I talk about Israel today, and I talk about this angel that comes forth from the rising of the sun or from the breaking of the day, then we're talking about a new creation people. That's what Israel symbolized. A people who have been changed. A people who have been formed by discipline. Say through discipline. And there's 12 tribes, and the number 12 speaks of divine government. So these people are a people who are disciplined. Divine government is in their life, and they are submitted to an administration that brings correction. They've learned to be disciples. They've learned to be disciplined. They've been changed. They're no longer the same as they used to be. They've got a revelation of the breaking of a brand new day in their life. They've got a brand new start, if you understand what I'm talking about. So these 12 tribes are a people who walk in an administration of correction from God. And they are being shown by the messenger a brand new day that's available to them. So Israel is a picture of the new creation man who has been wrestled with by God. Until God conquers that person and changes their nature through process. See, everybody can be a Jacob. Anybody can be a Jacob, natural seed. 
But not everybody's going to be Israel. And I'm not saying that the church replaced Israel. I'm telling you Israel is a type of the church spiritually. Who's got a revelation of a new day. Who have been changed by the power of God. Who, listen, who allows God to wrestle with them. Until they progressively become what he wants them to become. And what is that? Israel means prince with God. One, one interpretation of that. Prince with God. God wants you to become a prince with God. So he's going to keep wrestling with you. He's going to keep forming you. He's going to discipline you. He's going to get the old Jacob out of you. Until you walk as an Israel of God. In a new nature with a new name. Changed by the power of God. A prince of God. A people. A people whose face the Lord is revealed in. He wants his face to be seen. Not just in, the, in Jesus, I'm talking about Jesus himself. But I'm talking about his body, the church. Do you understand? Jesus' face needs to be seen in a sealed people. When you talk about sealing, you're talking about the nature of God. You're talking about the name, the nature of God, the character of God. So God wants a people who, what? Reveal or manifest Jesus to the world. When they go forth, people can see the nature of God in them. Now, I know I'm laying a lot of stuff out there for you, but that's what it's all about. See, God is not really all excited about natural Israel. Now, I'm not telling you He's through with natural Israel, but let me tell you what, what He's really excited about is the spiritual seed of Abraham. And that's made up of both natural Israel and unnatural Israel. Do you understand what we're trying to show you here? Okay. Let's go over here and look in Isaiah 7. A people that Jesus is going to be seen in. The face of Jesus is going to be seen. That's why the Bible said Jacob, he called it Peniel. I have seen God face to face. I hope, I hope that's not too heavy for us, but I'm going to try it anyway. Hallelujah. Isaiah 7, watch this. See, what is true of Jesus is going to be true, become true of His body. But it's only after God disciplines us and wrestles with that old nature. See, all of us got a Jacob inside of us. And He's going to wrestle with us. He's going to form us. And through discipline, He's going to recreate us progressively changing us and giving a revelation of, to us of the new day that we're walking in so that we can manifest the face of God to people all around us because you are the body of Christ and every gate you go through gives you greater access to the one that's sitting on the throne whose face is the light of heaven watch this Isaiah when Jesus came when you talk about this sealed group of people, this 144,000, these overcomers, that's who they are. They're overcomers. They're connected with the city. 
They give access to the one that's sitting on the throne. And the wall that the gates are in are 144 cubits. So again, we have there depicted in that city a people who are the overcomers. I don't want you just to see natural Israel. I want you to see them symbolizing overcomers. People through who discipline and administration are now manifesting the Lord, His body. You are how many of you out there are His body today? You're born again. See, He don't just save us, though. He wants to reveal Himself in us. Look at your neighbor and say, He wants to reveal Himself in us. I think before I go to Isaiah, let me go to 1 John. Let me show you what this overcoming company is all about, what their purpose is. Okay, 1 John 2. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. Uh, 1 John 2, 28. And now little children abide in Him. He's talking to them as little children. Who have not grown up yet. You understand? When you talk about the overcomer. You are talking about a people who have grown up. Who are disciplined. Who are learned to walk in administration and correction. Who are now manifesting God in the earth. Okay? They're no longer just children. They are sons. He says, now little children, abide in Him. The only way you're ever going to grow up is by abiding in Him. You abide in Him and He abides in you, you see. There's a growing up process that has to take place in all of us. And that's what those gates are. They're different aspects of our growing up, okay. Oh, this is going to be good. Because when you start with the first gate, you get to the end gate. The last gate is Benjamin, the son of power. Amen. Watch this. Okay. So he says, Now little children abide in him that when he shall appear. Your Bible says when he shall appear. When the translators translated the Bible, they translated it this way. When he shall appear. Because they put that word there. Because they thought to themselves, of course he's going to come back. Of course he's coming back. So it's not if he will appear, but when he will appear. That's what they thought. It's not an if in their mind. Because they know he's coming back physically. But that's not a good translation. It should, it should read, if he appears. The word appear means epiphany. It means radiance. It means glory. Watch the context. Let me get to you. First John 2, 1 John 2.1. Now little children abide in him. That if he shall appear, all major texts that are worth having <laughs> translate this as if. Now, I hate to tell you this, but your King James Bible isn't, uh, it's not inspired of God. I mean, it's not uh, scripture. Well, it's scripture, but it's not. The translation is not the original. Do you understand that? The original was inspired by God. God breathed. But the translation you carry, I hate to tell you this, is not always 100% accurate. 
The closest thing to actually being accurate is the American Standard Version, if you can get your hand on it, and you can. The American Standard Version is the most accurate translation that is available, other than if you can get your hands on a Bible called the Numeric Bible by Ivan Pannon. He literally went through the Scripture and through by numerics. Because we don't have originals anymore. We've only got copies of the originals. Okay. He went through the Bible and through numerics came up with a translation called the Numeric Greek New Testament. That is the closest thing you can get to the original uh, uh, scripture from God's hand. Okay. So if you, and you can get your hand on that. And I'm trying to get, locate one. I think you can get one up in Canada. I'm trying to get one for myself. All right, uh, but if you can't get that, get the American Standard Version. It's the closest one to the uh, original or the proper text of Scripture that you can find, not the King James. Oh boy, see, I already, I already messed you up, didn't I? I already messed you up. Too bad, so sad. I'm confused and messed up. Now, <laughs> you study the history of, of England. You will find out that King James was a bisexual. The Puritans tried to get him to follow the word of God. Okay? They tried to get him to separate from Catholicism. But because he wanted to hold on to his lifestyle, he didn't want to give it up, you see. So anyway, just to give you a background of King James. I'm telling you, King James wasn't even saved. Wasn't even saved. Now, most of us here today have a King James Bible. All right, I'm reading from a King James Bible. The reason why I'm giving you all that information is so you don't think I'm some kind of lunatic up here saying that the King James Version has a mistranslation in it when it says when he shall appear. It should be if he shall appear. Which means this. He's going to appear in a people before he appears with a people. He's going to appear in some overcomers. He's going to appear in 144,000. He's going to appear. And it's the people who've gone through a process and entered through gates, plural, not singular, that get to him and manifest his face. So the question is, is he going to appear in you or not? The question is not. If he's going to appear physically in the future, we know that's going to happen at his parousia. But the question is, will or if he appears in us individually? And he will not in everybody because everybody is not going to go through the discipline that it takes to be formed. Woo. Oh, I said a mouthful, didn't we? I'm sorry, I'm sorry I messed with your mind this morning. Can throw, just totally mess you up. See, I'm supposed to mess you up though. See? You're so trapped, you're so caught up, you're so captured, you're so imprisoned by religion and tradition. God's got to raise up somebody that's going to mess you up. If I can mess up your religion, I can mess up your carnal nature, then that will cause you to run to God and become the true people of the Lamb. 
The question is, if he appears, if he epiphanies in me, if he radiates in me, if somebody can see his face inside of us, that's the question. But not everybody's going to get there. Amen. I pray that we all do. So he says, and now little children abide in him that when or little bit should be if he shall appear. That's awesome. We may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If he appears in you first, epiphany, then you won't be ashamed at his second coming. But you see, you've got to be a disciplined people, a correct uh, people who have been conquered by the, yeah, conquered by the angel until the breaking of day. A people who's been changed. They're no longer Jacob's, but they're Israel. Now, having said that, you need to understand that these natural tribes of Israel, oftentimes God in the book of Isaiah especially He'll make reference to Jacob and Israel in the same scripture. He'll talk about Jacob, then he'll talk about Israel. When he talks about Jacob, he's talking about that weak, natural man that needed to be changed. That God came and helped. When it talks about Israel, that's Jacob now conquered by the power of God. A man changed. By the power of God. A man formed by discipline. A man formed. A man who now is walking with a limp. Because anytime the Lord touches you. Everybody that God really touches. Is going to walk with a limp. You can't be touched by the power of God. And not walk with a limp. Look at your neighbor and say. He's come to mess me up this morning. I've been so religious. I make God sick. And I make myself sick. He came to mess me up this morning. I'm telling you right now. You came into a church this morning that's going to mess you up. If you want to hold on to your religion and your tradition, it's not the place you, no, this is the place you want to be. Come on, bring all that stuff in here, all that tradition. And we're just going to mess it all up, man. Those 12 tribes of Israel, those natural, that natural seed speaks of a spiritual covenant people, an overcoming people. Hallelujah. They were a sign. Do you know that Jesus himself was a sign? Do you understand that? Do you know that Jesus in the, in the prophet Isaiah was called Israel? Do you know Jesus is Israel? Do you know his body? Now listen, his body is Israel. Well, that, that's hard for you because you're so afraid of replacement theology. You can't receive that. But I'm just giving you the word of God. I'm not saying the church replaced Israel. I'm telling you there is a true Israel. It's not made up of just natural Jews. It's made up of spiritual Jews. Spiritual Israel. Is the seed of Abraham according to the Spirit. Whether you be Jew, Gentile, Arab, doesn't make no difference. Japanese, Taiwanese, Chinese makes no difference. 
true Israel is the spiritual seed of Abraham. Doesn't matter what, what denomination you are. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Praise the Lord. I'm having a good time. Jesus is true Israel. And if he's true Israel, that means his body is true Israel. Doesn't matter what denomination you are. Doesn't matter what natural origin you are. So Jesus was a sign of a people who he's going to have in the earth in the last days. Oh, yeah. This is powerful, man. See, Jesus, God came. God was manifest in the flesh. Jesus was not the second person in anything. Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. And I'm not saying that his sonship was just this body, physical body. Okay? It was like God, you know, he, God came here in the spirit and he just put on a, a skin, you know, like a coat, a skin on, on his deity. That's not what we, we preach. We don't preach that. Jesus was, listen, he was both God and man at the same time. He was 100% man, 100% God, which means he had the spirit of a man. He had the soul of a man, not just the body of a man, not just the flesh that God crawled in and zipped himself up in. Jesus had a dual nature, but he was God manifest in the flesh. Now listen, you're not God, but you are his body. And because you're his body, in a sense you are God manifest in the flesh. Jesus is a sign of his body to come. Jesus was a man child when he was born. But he's going to have a man child in the last days. And I'm looking at some of them. So these, when you talk about, when you talk about people, when you talk about the 12 tribes of Israel, for example, Judah. Judah was an individual who became a tribe. When you look in Genesis 10 and 11, you see people who had certain names who became nations. Jesus is a father of a nation of people. He's the head. He's a sign of a corporate body and that corporate body is the overcomers that corporate body is the 144,000 the overcomers that corporate body is the man child hello that corporate body is the bride that corporate body is the temple I'm looking at you but there's different levels 30 60 100 fold different levels of glory that you reach okay so how's it how's the Lord revealing himself now in us if he shall appear is the question will he appear in you now I'm just telling you right now we are very quickly moving in a time in history when God is going to bring a corporate man into the earth this man child that's going to be a now I'm not talking about a physical man child I'm talking about a spiritual man child Jesus was the man child physically God's going to raise up a spiritual man child that's a many membered corporate body that is the overcomers. Do you understand what I'm telling you here? <laughs> and that corporate man child 
is going to help the church. It's going to help the woman in the wilderness. That speaks first of natural Israel, but then it speaks again of the church. Not everybody's going to get to that level, praise the Lord, but I want to, don't you? If you only, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you only had any, if you had any idea, and that's what we're trying to show you. If you had any idea where God wants to take you and how God wants to manifest himself through you. See, and a lot of that I'm saying right now is strange doctrine to some of you because you've been in, you know, religion. Jesus is a sign of a body of people. Judah, an individual, was a, what? A father to a nation. Genesis 10 and 11. Those fathers of nations were individuals at one time who became corporate bodies. In the days of Jesus, then any, like Jesus, he's a father of a body. Judas Iscariot, an individual, is a father of a corporate body of people in the last days who are going to apostatize away from the Lamb. Not just an individual Judas, but a whole corporate body that he represents. The twelve apostles of the Lamb. Each one of them represent bodies of people in the earth. Each one of these twelve tribes of Israel, Judah, on Ru- it goes Judah, Reuben, and on down through there. They represent not just one person, but nations of pe- a nation of people. Do you understand what I'm trying to share with you this morning? John 16, the Bible talks about. Jesus looks at his disciples and he said, you're going to be in travail. But he says, when the man child is born, when the woman brings forth the man child, then her pain is forgotten. And he doesn't say to them, I'm the one that's in travail on the cross. Are you with me? He says, you're going to travail and produce a man child. So he's the, Jesus is the first man child, but he's a father of a corporate man child that's going to come in days in the future. They are overcomers. They are disciplined. They are conquered by God. They've got a revelation of a new day. They've got a revelation of the breaking of the day. That's why Revelation 7 says, the Bible says that this angel comes from the east. He comes from the rising of the sun. Now, if all you want is to just come and, and get saved and be a ch- good church member, uh, you know, why'd you get saved? Uh, did you just get saved so you could die and go home to be with Jesus? No, 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 no. Jesus died so that he could be revealed in us. First being revealed in us, epiphania in us, and then he comes back with us. In us first, and then with us. You understand? But in us before, with us. Mm. So this 144,000 is the overcoming people, the disciplined people, the conquered people, the changed people. Who walk through all these gates. Who give greater access to the one that's sitting on the throne. So his face can be manifest in this earth.
signs. Let's go over like Isaiah 7, 14. Oh, yeah, I love this, man. This is, this is a wonderful word, I tell you. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. A sign. Y'all still awake? Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. So that the son is a sign of things to come. Jesus is a sign of a body that will come. You have no idea what he wants to do through you. And shall call his name Emmanuel, which been interpreted as with us God. Not God with us, but with us God. Emmanuel. With us God. So that us and God are connected. With us God. Not God, then with, and then us. We're not separated by with. It's with us God. Give God. Oh man, I feel the Holy Ghost. He's with us, God. At the cross, He was God for you. On Pentecost, He was God in you. Give God some praise. So that Jesus is a sign. He's the father of a corporate man-child. The 144,000 that's going to come forth in the earth in the last days. That's, so I got to give you this because we, we, we're going to talk about these 12 tribes in just a minute there and the, what they mean, okay? Now let's go to Isaiah 8. Not only is Jesus the sign of the corporate man that's going to come, but the Bible tells us in Isaiah 8, he said, Bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples. A disciple is somebody who is disciplined. Let me just share this with you right now. There's this phrase that goes around in religiondom. And I, that's a, I made that word up. I, there, you looked that word up. In the dictionary, it's not in there. <laughs> I don't think, anyway. <clears throat> but there is a doctrine in religiondom today that says we're sinners saved by grace. That's an antichrist doctrine. What does that mean? To most people, that means, well, he covered my sin. He took away my sin. And it doesn't require that I change. I'm, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I got news for you, friend. Jesus' death on the cross didn't just, he didn't just die so you could keep living in sin. He died to deliver you from sin. He died to set you free from the power of sin. Many will stand before me in that day and say, Have I not prophesied in your name? Done many wonderful works in your name. Cast out devils in your name. He'll say, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. You practice sin at the same time you preach. You practice sin the same time you cast out devils. You practice sin the same time that you do wonderful works. And because of that, I don't even know you. So the message that we're all sinners saved by grace is a doctrine straight from hell. God's, His work 
didn't just he didn't just die so you could keep living in sin and be just a sinner saved by grace he died to change you he died to deliver you from sin he gave you power to become an overcomer look at your neighbor said overcomer he gave me power to be disciplined to be a disciple to be an overcomer I don't have to give in to sin he delivered me from sin he delivered me from bondage So there are people who practice sin and prophesy, who practice sin and cast out devils, who practice sin and do wonderful works. And God said, I don't even know you because why? you're a worker of iniquity. You think that you can just keep on living the way you want to live, living in sin and still be saved. That is not Bible, friend. That's crucifying the Lord afresh and bringing him to an open shame. His grace gives you the power you need. How, how many of y'all, how many of y'all was, would, you, if you had cancer at some point in your life, okay, and uh, uh, somehow through a doctor, physician, or through divine healing, you got, you got healed from that. And then all of a sudden that cancer rises back up in your body. And you say, well, okay, no problem. I got cancer again. Come on, come on. I'll, yeah, we'll, we'll just live together in the same house. No, 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 no. You would hate that. You would hate the cancer because the cancer destroys you. And for you to be delivered from sin, but yet invite sin back into your life will bring swift destruction upon you. You have to be an overcomer. You have to endure to the end. You have to walk in the spirit. You have to let God wrestle with your flesh. You have to learn to be disciplined. And learn to come under the administration aspect of God's power in your life. Before you'll ever be somebody that God appears in. Do you understand what I'm trying to show you? Not a Jacob, but an Israel. Jacob have I formed. Jacob have I, Jacob have I created. Israel have I formed. Isaiah 8, watch this. Not only is Jesus a sign. The Bible says, I and I, behold, verse 18. I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs. Watch this. And for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth in Mount Zion. Did you hear that? This is that overcoming crowd that made it to Mount Zion. They made it all the way to the top. You with me here? Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs, for wonders in Israel, in Israel, in Israel. For the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in Mount Zion. You understand what I'm trying to show you here? His disciples are a sign to the world. Do you understand what we're showing you here? That these individuals become bodies 
corporate bodies. All right, amen. That's enough of that. Let's go over to the book of Revelation. I think you got, you're with me up to this point. So let's go and let's talk about some of these tribes, all right? Praise God. Y'all doing okay out there? Y'all, y'all with me up to this point? Amen. Hallelujah. God is awesome. He's awesome. Thank you, God. Okay, here we go. Verse 5. No, let me back up so we know where we are. I heard the number of them which were sealed. So I'm talking about a sealed people. I'm talking about overcomers. 144,000. Number 144 is linked to the overcomer. 144 cubits the wall. Revelation 21. Number of the overcomers linked to these people here, okay? You are the city. Hello, you are the city. The gates are accesses into the city. And that access is to the one who's in the midst of the city. Hello, city. Jesus is in the midst of you. These are doors of access into him as you walk through them. Okay? Progressively. Now watch this. Man, I'm having an awesome time this morning. Boy, y'all, you know, I can sense y'all are with me. See, there's a lot of preaching that goes forth, but there's not a lot of hearing. There's not a lot of hearing. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saying to the church. You can hear a lot of words coming out of the mouth of a man, but are you hearing? Okay. I want you to hear today. This is a sealed people. The Bible says, verse 4, And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed 144,000. 144 speaks of an overcomer. 1,000 speaks of the glory of God. All the tribes of the children of Israel. Hallelujah. So I think we've explained Israel to you here. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed. Notice this. The firstborn son is not listed first. Reuben is the firstborn son. So already we have an indication in this list that God's trying to get your attention. That he's not just talking about a natural people. Because he doesn't list Reuben, the firstborn son, to Jacob. The natural Firstborn son to Jacob. He lists Judah, of whom our Lord sprang. Jesus came from Judah. He's the first. Yeah. The first fruit. Who sprang from Judah. And he is a picture of a first fruits people. A corporate people. Hallelujah. A people that he is going to reproduce himself in and through. Okay, for those of you who, who are still trying to follow me here. Reuben was the first son of Jacob. And most of the time, when you list now, throughout the Bible, they're listed in all kinds of different ways. But most of the time, you would list Reuben as the firstborn. You'd list him first. And then you go to the secondborn, the thirdborn, etc. But here, he's not listed as first. He's listed second. Because the Lord didn't come from Reuben. He wasn't. Uh, he was the lion of the tribe of Judah. He sprang from Judah. 
He's the first fruit of a first fruits people. And then 144,000 are called first fruits unto God. Okay. Now, when we talk about then access to the one that's sitting on the throne, hello city, hello temple, hello wall, overcomers, hello gates, people in different gates right now, different levels, praise the Lord. First gate we're going to talk about then, and we are talking about, is Judah. Say Judah. Judah. Means praise. So the first gate, first access into the presence of the one who's sitting in the midst of the city is praise. Are there any praisers in the house? Are there any worshipers in the house? Now Isaiah 49, the Bible said that from Judah, Judah Shallow would come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. They're going to gather to Shallow. His name is Jesus. And how are you going to gather to him? Through praise and through worship. I don't have time to get into all these details, but you know what? There's a lot of ways to praise him. David was from the tribe of Judah. He was a praiser. He danced before the Lord. I mean that guy. He, he, when did he dance? Remember this is connected to the kingdom. It's connected to the throne. Access to the throne. And so David, when did he dance? When he brought the ark back up to Israel. When he brought the glory back into the church. That's when David danced. So there's going to be a people in the last days who are going to be worshipers. They're going to understand the tabernacle of David. 24 hour praise. Praise him in the dance. Praise him in the psaltery. Praise him in the heart. Clap your hands, oh ye people, shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. What we do here is not just a manifestation of a bunch of wackos or insane people. What we do here is because we've got a revelation of the one who sprang from Judah. His name is Shiloh unto him. And unto him shall the people be gathered. And in Genesis 49, he's likened to a donkey. He's likened to a donkey. Stubborn. Stubborn. Stiff-necked. Oh, yeah, nobody here like that, right? Okay. Let's just go over there. I got some time. You know, the ass in the Bible is the one creature of God that manifests man in his carnal nature more than any. Stubborn, undisciplined, uncorrectable, unconquering Jacob. How do I know that? <laughs> I got a nature just like you, man. I got an ass nature just like you. I'm telling you, man. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm being real with you. God wrestles with me constantly. And I'm glad he does. I don't want him to leave me alone. If he ever leaves me alone, I'm in trouble then. Let's go to Genesis. 
talk about Jacob. Genesis, hallelujah. <clears throat> Y'all getting anything out of this? Am I still messing you up? <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. I'm trying my best. Some of you can't be messed up any more than you are. <laughs> That's why you're not saying you're messing me up, Pat, because you can't be messed up any more than you are. I'm telling you, man. Hallelujah. Y'all with me here? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to refrain myself there. Yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, 49.8. Judah. Thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Doesn't sound like a defeated people overcome by sin. Sounds like a people who are conquering people. Who are overcoming people. Who have the Bible says. Who's in whose hand the neck of the enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Thy father's children. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son. Thou art gone up. Woo, that's good, isn't it? How many of y'all believe the Lord's gone up with a shout? He stooped down. Thank you. Running out of time. He stooped down. He couched as a lion. And as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah. There we go with the throne again. Kingdom. Scepter shall not depart from Judah or from praisers. If you want to know what God's doing in His kingdom, praise Him. If you will praise Him, you'll raise Him. And if you raise Him, He will reveal Himself to you. He will show you what He's doing in the kingdom. Do you know that when David, before David was placed on the throne... Do you know who was the first one to recognize David's right to sit on the throne? Was Judah. Do you know why? Because praisers have a revelation... Of what's going on in the kingdom. If you want to know what God's doing in the kingdom. Become a praiser. Become a worshiper. And God will reveal you. Reveal to you. The throne. The kingdom. Watch. Here we go. He says this. He says this. He says. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. Nor a lawgiver from between his feet. Until Shiloh come. Who is Shiloh? Jesus. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be, binding his foal unto the vine, and his ass's colt unto the choice vine. Aren't you glad that you got tied to the vine? Yo, stubborn, rebellious donkey, stiff neck, uncontrollable, unconquered, undisciplined. <laughs> I'm not talking to anybody out there, am I? And the Lord took you and he bound you to the vine. Praise the Lord. You got filled with the wine of the Holy Ghost. Watch. By his phone to the vine, his ass is cold on the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine. Say the blood. Got filled with the Spirit, man. Drunk on the Holy Ghost. Anybody out there drunk on the Holy Ghost? Drunk on the Holy Ghost. Washed his garments in the vine. Washed in the blood of the Lamb. 
and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine, his teeth white with milk. Cut his teeth on the word of God. So he's bound to the Holy Ghost. He's bound to the blood. And he's feeding on the word of God. And because of that, he is now changed. No longer a donkey nature. Somebody's got a revelation of the throne of God. Amen. Some people that are praisers. Hallelujah. Not religious people. Spiritual people. Say Judah. Judah. Well, let's go. I got about 15 minutes, maybe less, maybe 10. Let me go on to the next one, all right? He says, of the tribe of Reuben. Say Reuben. Well, there's that firstborn son right there. Firstborn son to who? To Israel. Hallelujah. The 12,000 sealed in Judah. This is a picture of a people, all right? Now we've got a ne- the, the next son listed is Reuben. His name means literally, behold the son. Get a vision of the son. Now watch. Before you can manifest the son, or before the son can be manifest through you, before he can appear through you, okay, and be seen. All right? Then you have to see the Son. Before He can be manifest, He must be seen. But just seeing Him doesn't bring you to the completed stage. The completed stage is the last son, Benjamin, which means the son of His power, who has been brought to the throne. And Benjamin is the people who manifest the Son. But Reuben is the beginning of all of this. Judah, Jesus sprang from Judah and from him. When you see him, when you behold the Son, the Bible says, when you behold him, you are changed into the very image. And you go from glory to glory. So as you behold Jesus, as you behold the Son, then you are being changed into his very image. From glory to glory. One gate to another gate. Until you get to the final son of power. Okay. But just. And so you're seeing him is important. But just seeing him. Does not bring. Does, is not the end of the thing. It's the beginning of it. We can put it this way. It's salvation. You understand? It's salvation. How many of you got saved? And now. You know, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Got filled with the Holy Ghost. Blood of Jesus washed your garments. Feeding on the Word of God. Changing your ass nature. Oh, you, I mean, it changed your ass nature. You got regenerated or regenerated. You're no longer a rat. You got regenerated. Ratted. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, God had to do it. Oh, don't give me that pious look. Like, oh yeah, you're not talking. Oh, shut up. Yay. I know who I'm talking to, man. I know outwardly you look all dignified. You got your hair just right. You got your clothes. Everything just right. Because you wanted everybody to think you got it going. 
but you're getting more messed up by the minute. So you got, you got born again, you got regenerated, hallelujah. You've gathered to him, now you're starting to see him. It's the early stages of your salvation. First gates. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Bless his name. See, you're just, some of y'all, we're just now learning that. Some of y'all been in church for 10 years and just now learning that. But that's okay. I'm not putting you down. I'm trying to get you somewhere. Okay, I'm not putting you down. I'm trying to get you somewhere. Now you're starting to see Jesus. See, before you walked up to that mirror and all you could see was you. All you could see was your old self. In fact, some of you still today, you walk up there and all you can see is your old self. It's all you see. But the Bible tells you that you are to <laughs> behold the man in the mirror. The man that you behold in the mirror in James is not the carnal man. It's the new man. So as I start beholding Jesus, the honorable man. I've got to keep looking. I've got to keep seeing Jesus in my life. I've got to see a changed and transformed Jacob. I've now become Israel. And as I behold Jesus, as I look at Jesus, as I see him in my life. I'm not walking in condemnation. But I'm becoming more and more like him. I'm being transformed into his very image. The Bible says, and I look at him, I look as in a mirror. As in a mirror. What is the mirror? The word of God. All right. Say, see the sun. Vision of the sun. How many got a vision of the sun? That's just the starting point. At some point, you're going to mature. You're going to grow up through discipline. Yeah. Hallelujah. As you walk through these gates... Do you remember one day Jesus walked to the River Jordan? He was baptized of John in the River Jordan. How much time we got? Just, we got 15 left? Okay, good. I got plenty of time. He walked up to that River Jordan. He was baptized of John in the River Jordan. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom. Not with, but in whom. God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto Himself. Not imputing their transgression unto them. Now watch. He was in Christ but he said this this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased hear you him watch this in Jewish culture when a little boy reached the age of 13 he would take the, the father of that son that child would take him to the elders of the city he would walk up with that little boy who had been under tutors and governors all of his life. And he would say to the elders of that city, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And when he did that, he was given a signet ring which gave him the authority to transact business. And anything that the mature son did, the daddy backed it up. You're moving to a place 
You've seen the son. You're growing up and someday you're going to hear the voice. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Give him the signet ring. Whatever he does in my name, I'm going to do it. I'm going to back him up. I'm going to give him authority and power to transact business in my name. Now that when that happens, all you got to do, all you have to do is hear the voice of the Lord tell you, go lay hands on that person that's sick and they'll be healed. Just like that. There will be no question. There will be no doubt. There will n- nothing. You, you know you've heard from God. You've got all of heaven behind you. The Father's backing you up because you are a mature son in whom he's well pleased. You have grown up. You have matured. You've allowed the governors and the tutors and the correctors to deal with your life, to administrate in your life. Yes. And so now you're becoming Israel, a mature son. Now, now listen to me. Okay. This is progressive. See, we believe in the name of Jesus. Power of the name to heal. We believe in the Holy Ghost. We believe in the Word of God. But there's very few signs and wonders that follow us. We do have signs and wonders that follow us. But not on the level or scale that He is going to do. But you have to be mature sons. And that's a man-child operation that has moved from just a place of the child is born, behold a son, see him, he's here. It's a child that has grown up and matured. Now God is behind that son. And even at that point, that son has to be sent into the wilderness for 40 days. Moses was a man-child. He brought Israel out of Egypt. They wandered for 40 years. Jesus, after he rose from the dead, taught his disciples, disciples, 40 days. So even after the Lord says, this is my son, well, uh, my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. He then sends you through a tribulation time. He then sends you through a testing time. And I will tell you what I believe that is. Seven year tribulation period is when the man child is going to be revealed. It is not pre-trib rapture. That Bible does not teach a pre-trib rapture. Oh, I'm still messing you up. Doesn't teach it. Why would God take us out of here? When the greatest hour of manifestation is at hand. When he's going to manifest himself. Romans 8. Manifest himself through sons. Behold the Son. See the Son. Be changed from glory to glory. Let me tell you something right now. And I'm about to close. But I'm going to tell you right now. If the tribulation starts tomorrow, I'm not looking for a place to hide. Most Christians today, they're thinking about, boy, if the tribulation starts up, where can I go? What cave can I go find? What, ooh, where can I hide out? I'm not looking for a place to hide. That's going to be the greatest time of God's manifestation in the 144,000 body, in the corporate body. His glory is going to be seen on their face. I'll tell you the rock that I'm going to run to. I'm going to run to the rock that's higher than I. I'm going to run to Jesus. He's going to be my hiding place. He's going to be my protection in the storm. I'm not looking for a... I, don't have, I haven't bought any land in a cave up in a mountain somewhere. Got trucks loaded up in the cave, you know, with food and water. And, are you funny?
Joseph was a man child type. He prepared the nation, the kingdom for a seven year time of famine. He didn't run off and hide. God gave him power through the seven years. Didn't take him out of the seven years, but powered through the seven years. Are you with me? So all you who are planting, you got all that water in you. <laughs> Y'all remember when Y2K hit? We were over there on Brazos. The Lord spoke to us before Y2K hit. He said, he told us specifically, he said, you don't do that. He said, you don't fear what they fear. Let your fear be the Lord. That's exactly what, I, what he told our church before Y2K hit. And guess what? While everybody else is packing up their groceries and hiding them in caves somewhere and trucks and got water all over the shelf, uh, you know, and their bunkers, man, and their storm shelters are full of food and ammunition, rifles. The, our, our church was sitting there just praising the Lord and, and having the fear of the Lord, and it came and it went. And guess what? Our meat didn't go bad. Our beans didn't come rancid. We didn't have to give away anything. Because we heard from God. Let God be your fear. Now if he tells you. If he tells you to flee to the mountains. You better flee to the mountains. But until he tells you to flee. You better stay right where you are. Or you're going to be real messed up. Got to be hearing from God. You've got to be seeing him. Okay. You understand what I'm trying to show you here? Say Reuben. Now, if we had time, we'd go back and show you in Genesis 49 uh, about Reuben. But I think we'll just kind of just talk to you a little bit about him. He, the Bible says he was unstable as water. But now he's seen as an overcomer. Aren't you glad that God can take a Reuben and call Reuben to the throne? He can take somebody that's unstable as water. He can take a Judah... That's an ass and tied to the vine and turn him into a praiser. He can take a Reuben who's unstable as water and call Reuben to the throne so Reuben can manifest that son. No prophet came from Reuben. No priest came from Reuben. No king came from Reuben. He was the firstborn son. He should have produced all of them. But because of his sin and his undisciplined life, nothing came from him. Good. But God said, come to the throne, Reuben. Isn't that awesome? Hey. See, we can disqualify ourselves. We can be a firstborn son, but still not God manifest himself through us. We can, still, we can be a firstborn son. We can be, behold the son. And not produce a king, and not produce a prophet, not produce a priesthood. Oh, come on, church. You got to hear the word of the Lord. It's a gate you got to go through. You, you can't be unstable as water forever. Get to the throne. Let God change you. You don't have to keep being like you are, you don't have to keep acting like you do. You don't. Is everybody okay out there? 
Let me see if I can get one more. What, how much time are we? Five more minutes? I think I get one more in on five minutes. Okay. <clears throat> see, this is depicting typically the body going through these different gates. Different, these are different characteristics of the overcomer. These are the characteristics of the seal people. Okay? So have y'all made it to Reuben yet? Made it to Judah yet? Made it to Reuben yet? Y'all want to look at the next one? The Bible says, another tribe of Gad. Gad. Well, that's where I'm going to have to stop. Because Gad means behold a troop. Behold a troop. An army. This overcoming people are a praising, worshiping people who've had a nature change. These people are a Reuben people. They have beheld the sun and are being changed into that very image from glory to glory. This people, number three, the characteristics of them, they are warriors. They are fighters. They are warriors. They are overcomers. They defeat principalities. And a principality is not just a spirit. A principality is an imagination. A principality is a mindset. All of us were born and then through life. We adopted mindsets. We were trained a certain way to look at things a certain way. We experienced things differently individually because of our upbringing. Each one of us struggle with different things, principalities, imaginations that have to be overcome and have to be defeated. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You've got to fight against those imaginations, those mindsets. Those habits, those carnal things that you adopted and picked up in life. It's a process. None of us have arrived yet. Do you see me glorified yet? If I had arrived yet, I'd be glorified. I'd be preaching to you in a glorified body. And if I was, you wouldn't be here. You'd be burned up. Because you get in the presence of anybody, Jesus or a saint that's in a glorified body, and you just... So at this point, you better thank God I'm not in a glorified body. I'm still at war. I'm still fighting. Behold a troop. David said this, by my God. Have I leaped over a wall? By my God. Have I run through a troop? How? How is it? By my God. Behold a troop. Behold an army. Soldiers in the army of God. Which means this. You're going to have to have a militant attitude. Lukewarm spirit and attitude. That's a principality. That's a mindset. You've got to learn to get radical. You've got to learn how to fight. You've got to learn to be militant in your walk with God. Do you know the priest of God? The high priest of God? His priestly apparel when you looked at him, there are parts of that apparel that were literally emblems and dress of war. He dressed like a warrior, being a priest. 
And if I get time, I'm going to show you this 144,000 in an ultimate literal sense in the future is going to go with the lamb at the battle of Armageddon and fight the beast. They're going to participate in the breaking down of the beast. This ain't no passive, lukewarm Christianity that's being preached today. Listen, when Jesus came, when Jesus came, he was a warrior. When John came, he was a warrior. They hated him so much, they had to get him, put him on a cross. They had to cut John's head off. If he was a passive Mr. Milk Toast, they wouldn't have had any problem with him. But he was a prophet of God. He was a warrior. And so this troop, behold a troop. I'm looking at a troop. I'm looking at an army. I'm not looking at passive wimps. But I'm looking at a people who've been changed by the power of God, who become soldiers, who have overcome the mindsets, the natures of their daddies, the natures of their mamas. The, you understand? The, the thinking, the stinking thinking, the religiosity, the traditions of men, denominations, religious systems, harlot systems. They've overcome all of that religion to come into God. You can have your religion. Give me God. Give me power. Give me revelation. I'm coming too close. You, you, take, you take a child and, and you adopt them. You adopt them. And after they grow for a little while, they start walking out their principalities. They start walking out their mindset. They start walking out the nature of their natural parents. They may not have ever seen daddy before. They may not have ever seen mama before. But within them there is a propensity to be like their daddy or like their mama. Because they are the seed of their daddy. They are the offspring of their mama. They've got mindsets and principalities and spirits they have that go with them. That they have to overcome and conquer. And so you have to be militant when it comes to this thing. The Bible said, the Lord says this, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. How, how many of y'all been taught that Christianity is just this passive, non-confrontational religion? Oh, go, come on. Huh? Yeah. The artwork of antiquity will show you a John effeminate will show him laying on the bosom of Jesus like an effeminate man it will depict Jesus as effeminate with long hair listen Jesus didn't have long hair as far as I know and I, went, I got news for you the guy that painted him up there on that ceiling Michelangelo was a homosexual so a lot of your antiquity, art of antiquity, it was produced by homosexuals. And they brought this mindset and this concept about Jesus is not real. Jesus was a man's man. He was a warrior. When he came, you could say, behold, a troop. Jesus is Judah. Jesus is Reuben. Jesus is Gad. Behold a troop. Behold a son. Behold Shallow, the king. Woo! 
So, so that's what we have to deal with. We come to church. That's what I have to deal with. That's what God has to deal with in me. He has to fight those principalities, those mindsets. What I think. My religion. My daddy's characteristics. My mama's characteristics. I'm talking about the fallen side. Hallelujah. You're with me here? But thanks be to God, He gives you something. He gives you a fire. He gives you something. He gives you a spirit to fight. By my God, have I run through a truth. By my God, have I leaped over a wall. By my God. God's the one that put the fire in. God's the one that put the change in me. God's the one who made me a warrior. You can't shut me up. You can't shut me down. You can't stop me fighting. You can't take my fight. You can't take my fight. Behold the truth. See, some of us need to let that by my God thing rise up in us. I, I got news for you. He won't, he won't back down. He won't sit down. He won't quit. He won't give in to the beast. He won't give in to those spirits. He won't give in to the religions. He won't give in to those mindsets until they are conquered. And then you see that awesome bride coming back with him. The Bible says the heavens split. And here comes Jesus riding on a white horse followed by thousands of, ten thousands of his saints, says Enoch. Coming back with him in military depiction and characteristic. Behold the troop that are with him. Be, listen, and here's where I close. The Bible says they that are with him are called that's all the church all the church is called but they that are with him are called and chosen and then faithful they're overcomers if you're going to be with him you're not just called but then you're chosen and then you're faithful not conquered by sin but conquering sin not just a sinner saved by grace but a sinner delivered from sin by grace. He didn't come to save His people in sin. He came to save His people from sin. So get, take that principality that wants to make you cop out and wants to make you surrender and take it to the cross and crucify it and let God rise up in you. And make you a gad. Either tonight or next Sunday. I will continue this message. And I'm going to talk to you about. Five characteristics of the army of God in the last days. Five key characteristics of the army of God in the last days. And it's going to really bless you. It's going to really help you. I pray this has been a blessing to you today. I pray. That I haven't offended you. But I do pray that I messed you up. I do. I pray that I mess your religion up. Your, oh, yeah. That's, that's the purpose of the man-child. The man-child is to, to take you out of Babylon. One last scripture. I, I'll do it. One last scripture. Go to Isaiah 4, please. And I promise, just keep standing. And I'm fixing to let you out of here. Isaiah 4. 
The Bible says in that day seven women. It's a picture of the church. Four ones shall take hold of one man. Saying we will eat our own bread. Wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name. To take away our reproach. See they want it their way. They want his name. But they want to do it their way. That's that sinner saved by grace mentality. But let's go to Isaiah 32. I believe it is. And let's see what they're going to have to do with that. Their own clothes and their own food. Okay. Isaiah 32. Everybody doing okay out there? How, how many of y'all are militant? Just a couple of verses before I get to the one I want to. 32.1. Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness. He's going to reign how? In righteousness. And princes shall rule in judgment. These are princes of Israel we're talking about. Shall rule in judgment. A man shall be as a hiding place from the wind and a covert from the tempest. As rivers of water in a dry place as a shadow of a great rock in a weary land. And the eyes of them that see shall not be dim. The ears of them that hear shall hearken. The heart also of the rash shall understand knowledge. And the tongue of the stammerer shall be ready to speak plainly. The vile person shall no more be call, called liberal. I thank God. <laughs> Nor the churl said to, to be bountiful. For the vile person will speak villainy. And his heart will work iniquity to practice hypocrisy. And to utter error against the Lord. To make empty the soul of the hungry. And he will cause the drink of the thirsty to fail. Oh, I wouldn't want to be that preacher. The instrument also of, of, of the churl, curl, or evil. He deviseth wicked devices to destroy the poor with lying words. Even when the needy, needy speaketh right. But the liberal deviseth liberal things. And by liberal things shall he stand. Here's what I want you to see. Rise up. Ye women that are at ease. That's, that women that, that's those women of Isaiah 4. That said, we'll be called by your name. Take away our reproach. But we'll, eat, we'll wear our own apparel and drink our own, blood, uh, drink our own water. We'll do it our way. Rise up, ye women that are at ease. And this is not just, again, we're not just talking about natural women. Spiritually, we're talking about churches. Rise up, ye women that are at ease. Hear my voice, ye careless daughters. Give ear unto my speech. Many days and years shall you be troubled, ye careless women, for the vintage shall fail, the gathering shall not come. Tremble, ye women that are at ease. Be troubled. Oh, isn't that something? God said, be troubled. You, you talk about, man, I'll tell you what, man, this message that's preached today. <sighs> tremble, ye. God's going to trouble you. Do you know when God comes to you, He's going to disturb you? You know, he's going to disturb your house. When God comes, he comes and he disturbs. Tremble, you women that are at ease. Now, if you're not at ease, you don't have to worry about it. Be troubled, you careless ones. If you're not careless, you don't have to worry about it. Here's what, here's what he says. Strip ye and make you bare. Gird sackcloth upon your loins. They shall lament for the teats, for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vine. Upon the land of my people shall come up thorns and briars. Yeah, upon all the houses of joy in the joyous city. You know what he says to those women? He says, get rid of your own covering. Strip yourself of your own covering. Get rid of your religion. Your religiosity and your hypocrisy. That's what he says. That's what you're going to have to do with all that stuff. You're going to have to take it off. 
and throw it aside. You're going to have to walk in righteousness. Love you. See you tonight, okay? 4.15 is the Bible study for new believers, and then 5.30 is prayer, and then 6 o'clock is church, okay? We love you. God bless you. Look at your neighbor and say, did he mess you up too much this morning? <laughs>